And I want to talk to you about 12 reasons to speak in tongues. I'm going to give you 12 reasons to speak in tongues. Now, tonight will be part one, and we'll cover the first six. And next week, we'll cover the next six. Uh, or maybe not next week, it'll just, maybe it'll be in the near future. I'll leave it open, just in case I feel led to do something different next week. But I know I'm going to only be able to cover six tonight in the time that we have. Go ahead and turn to John chapter 14, and I'll set this up. John chapter 14, we'll start there. And uh, like I said, get your, your notes ready on your iPhone or pen and paper or whatever you have to write on, because you're going to want to take some notes. And this will be really good uh, for you as a reminder. Maybe you have been baptized with the Holy Ghost and speak in other tongues, but... This would be a good reminder for you. It'll also be good for you to help others. Maybe, you know, I think all of us have someone in our life or maybe multiple people in our life, family members or friends, that when you talk to them about tongues, they get kind of weirded out by it or unsure about it or they just don't know. Uh, I was that way. I grew up in, in a denominational church that did not teach on it, didn't really teach against it, but some of the people in the church spoke against it. Does that make sense? So the, the pastor himself didn't ever teach against it, or not that I remember. I was kind of young. Um, so I didn't really have a negative experience. I went, I had a little girlfriend one time, and she took me to, I mean, I'm talking Pentecostal holiness blowout service. I mean, we had flags waving, people falling everywhere, and I think even the little babies were speaking in tongues. I mean, it was just, a, it was, a, I'm telling you, it was an all-out service. And so that was kind of my first experience with a Pentecostal-type church, and uh I, I, you know, I liked her, so I went, and so I thought, well, if she's all right, then maybe this is all right. Fast forward a few years, obviously that, didn't, that relationship didn't work out, and, and a few others didn't either. And uh, somehow or another, we ended up, actually through some connection of my parents, we ended up at Family Worship Center. And finally, we were in a church that was not only Pentecostal, but as you know, we're the same spirit here, we, we teach on it. We, we don't want to just be something, we want to bring people to where we are. You know, we want, to, we want to bring people to where we are. So I know tonight and Wednesday nights is kind of preaching to the choir, but I felt led to do this because I feel like it might be good for you to take to someone else. Does that make sense? It might be good for you to, 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 to have in your arsenal to take to someone else. And it'll be a good reminder for you as well. John chapter 14 says this, if you really love me, you will keep or obey my commands. Now I'm reading from the Amplified. John 14, verses 15 and 16. John chapter 14, verses 15 and 16. And um, I'm reading from the Amplified because I love how the Amplified elaborates on this, this particular verse, verse 16. So Jesus says, if you really love me, you will keep or obey my commands. Verse 16, and I will ask the Father. Now say this with me or write this down. Jesus asked the Father. He asked the Father, I will ask the Father and he will give you another comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby that he may remain with you forever. Of course, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. So because Jesus left, he asked God to send us the Holy Spirit. Now, to set this up a little bit, when we talk about speaking in tongues, it is the evidence of someone being baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when you are saved, the Holy Spirit, and I've, I've taught on this a bunch recently, so I'm not going to expand on it, but you should get this. The Holy Spirit is the one that makes your spirit new. 
So we're, of course, introduced to the Holy Spirit at that point. Our spirit is connected with God at that point. But you're not filled with the Holy Spirit at that point. It's a, it's a secondary uh, experience that happens after salvation. If you read through Acts, you'll see many, many examples of that. You'll see in, um, in many chapters where people got saved. As a matter of fact, a few times, some disciples went and preached, people got saved, and then other disciples went and they got filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, in some of those cases, actually in most of those cases, it says they got filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke with other tongues. It's usually accompanied with that. There are a few times where it does not say explicitly they spoke with other tongues, but in every instance, there is a, a point where other people saw they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, the only way is that there be some experience that signifies they did not, they were not filled, and then they were. Also, to further make my point, in 2 Corinthians and many of the, the epistles, when Paul was writing, he was writing to believers and encouraging them in and uh, explaining how to exercise the gift of, uh, of the Holy Spirit, baptism in the Holy Spirit, and all those things. He was talking to believers. It's something that happens after salvation. You do not have to be baptized with the Holy Spirit to go to heaven. It's like uh, having a job with benefits, right? You don't have to take the benefits. At my wife's school, it's up for renewal right now or next month. We're going to go in there and we're going to have to talk about health, dental, vision, all those things. And we have the option to choose option A or option B or nothing. We'll do it ourselves. We don't have to take the benefits. It's up to her. Now, obviously, it's called benefits because it's beneficial to her. She's an employee there with Richland School District 2, and they offer benefits to their employees. It's beneficial for us to use those benefits, but we don't have to. And the same thing for believers. This is a benefit. It is not required for salvation, but I like to say it this way. Getting saved prepares you for heaven. Being filled with the Holy Spirit prepares you for earth. It prepares you for earth. It helps you. Why? Because Jesus sent us. He asked God to send us a comforter, a counselor, a helper, an intercessor, an advocate, a strengthener, and a standby. That's what the Holy Spirit is. The baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues, and obviously I'm talking about tongues, is tongues helps us, helps the Holy Spirit accomplish his job. Let me explain. Here's 12 reasons. Ready? Number one, this is pretty self-explanatory. God desires it for you. Number one, 12 reasons. What is the first reason why someone should be filled with the Holy Spirit and speak with other tongues? Number one, God desires it for you. God desires it for you. 1 Corinthians 14, 5. He says, I wish you all spoke with tongues. And then, of course, I just read John 14, where he says he's sending the Holy Spirit. And then Acts chapter 2. This is a good one. Acts chapter 2, verses 38 and 39. Peter, they just got all filled with the Holy Ghost, right? And to set this up. They all got filled with the Holy Spirit in the upper room. They were praying. The Bible says it came like a mighty rushing wind. The whole room was filled and, and tongues like a, a fire sat upon each of their heads. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke with other tongues. This is the first time that we see the evidence of speaking in other tongues when someone got filled with the Holy Spirit. It's the first time they got filled. When they got filled, they spoke with other tongues. Now they went down in the streets and people understood what they were saying. I 
believe that was the gift of interpretation in operation. I believe they were speaking in unknown tongues to them. They didn't know what they were speaking. The people in the streets did. They felt like they were speaking their own languages. That's, that's my opinion. That's my thought on that. Because otherwise, how could all of that have come together like that in an instant? They come down in the street and, and in a festival time where people from all over that area, all over that region, speaking all different languages, all came together and they understood what the disciples were saying. And not just the disciples, Mary, everyone who was in the upper room. So then we fast forward, Peter preaches, people get saved. And in verse 38, Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you, point, point at yourself and say to me, and to your children, say to my children, and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. We also see Jesus in another place. He says that, that the Holy Spirit will come and make you... Um, um, uh, witnesses into Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. The Holy Spirit came, and Peter here clearly says that this is a gift for you. Get saved and then receive the Holy Spirit. God wants and desires the Holy Spirit for you. Number one of 12 reasons to speak in tongues. Number one, God desires it for you. Number two, number two, we're getting into the good stuff here. Number two, speaking in tongues improves your prayer life. Or praying in tongues improves your prayer life. I like to clarify this, and I, I did this a few weeks ago, but just to spend a few moments, we're recording this tonight, and I plan on using this to send to people who might have questions about the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. So I want to just take a moment to clarify. In a church service, you can see tongues used publicly, spoken out, and then interpreted. But it's also a part of your prayer life. And I'm going to explain that in a second through Scripture. Because everything I do tonight, I want to make sure I back up with Scripture. So your prayer life can be improved by praying in tongues. If you look at um, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, you see Paul here is explaining in an entire chapter about tongues. And if you take any of these verses out of context, which tonight I'm going to try to explain the context without reading the whole chapter, but I encourage you to read the whole chapter because sometimes you can even hear somebody else take a verse of chapter 14 and take it out of context, and it can be a little confusing. But I want you to write this down. I want you to write this down before we read 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Praying in the Spirit or praying in tongues is a hotline to heaven. It's a hotline to heaven. You all remember those old commercials and those old um, um, TV marathons and stuff, and they would, you'd call the hotline, and it would you know, be a live TV broadcast, and you'd be able to hotline into the broadcast. It's a hotline to heaven, meaning when you pray, you are immediately connected to God. Spirit to spirit, capital S to little s, God's spirit to my spirit. I'm At the point that I begin praying, in the spirit and praying in tongues, I am hotlined into heaven. I am connected, my spirit to the Holy Spirit, here on earth to there in heaven. I'm connected to heaven. I'm connected to God's will. I'm connected to his spirit. I'm connected to what he wants. And when I need to pray stuff that only God can help me pray, I need to pray in the spirit. I need to pray in tongues. 
And, and when I do, like I said, it's a hotline directly to God. First Corinthians chapter four, verse two. For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God. Since people won't be able to understand you. You will be speaking by the power of the spirit, but it will all be mysterious. For if I, and then I'm going to jump down to verse 14. Again, read all of this. He explains a lot of stuff here. But if you look at verse 14, so 1 Corinthians chapter 4, I just read verse 2. Now we're going to read verse 14. If I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying. I would write that down. I would underline that. I would, I would circle that. Verse 14. For if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying, but I don't understand what I am saying. The, the King James or the New King James would say, my mind is unfruitful. My mind is unfruitful. This translation I'm reading is a little bit different. It says, I don't understand what I'm saying. This is the real, if, you, if we're real honest tonight, this is the real problem with tongues. Is that the person who doesn't understand it, who hasn't read God's word, who hasn't gained the revelation, who doesn't, is not even open to it, they get confused by things they don't understand. Because we're, we live in a society and in a world that's taught, well, if you don't understand it, it's weird. Come on. If you don't understand it, if you don't get it, if it doesn't make sense to you, if it's not easily digestible, then it's weird. Then it must be strange. Then it must be off, right? That's why we, we sideline kids with special needs. Because we're weirded out by them. As a society, as a whole. That's why we, we do things with, with uh, um, um, people who disagree with us, we sideline them. We, we, we segregate. We do that because it's, we're, we're like, as a, as a society, we're afraid to embrace things. That's the real problem with, with what's going on with the world is we don't have enough Holy Ghost. Come on. And, 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 and we're, we're, we're afraid of things that we don't understand instead of saying, God, show me another point of view. Show me what that person's seeing. Show me what they're seeing that I'm not. Show me why, I, I mean, instead of first being standoffish and closing off to someone or to something, that's what's wrong. And so that happens with the Holy Spirit and with tongues is because, okay, someone starts talking about tongues or, or whatever, and now I'm closed off to it. But he's saying here, my, I don't understand what I'm saying because my spirit is the one that's praying. My spirit is one that's praying. You bypass your mind and your understanding and you're instantly in contact with God. You bypass your mind, bypass your understanding, and you're instantly in contact with God. This is why it improves your prayer life. Because when you pray in the natural, when you just pray in your natural tongue and, you're, and out of your mind, nothing wrong with that. And I think that we should do that too. But when you do, you're going to be limited by only what you know. But when you pray in the spirit, you bypass your mind. You're praying the perfect will of God. Just because you know how to pray does not mean you know what to pray. Let me say that again and write that down. Just because you know how to pray doesn't mean you know what to pray. Does that make sense? If you, it, you know, it really doesn't matter that your mind doesn't understand spiritual mysteries. It, it doesn't matter because if you are praying out and you know in your spirit you're praying out what God wants you to pray, it shouldn't matter if I don't understand it. What I've learned is by faith, 
when I pray in the Spirit, catch this, when I pray in the Spirit by faith, my mind will eventually catch up to what my spirit is praying. It's like it gets kind of downloaded. It gets kind of imparted. And it's like I, I realize, okay, I'm actually praying about such and such. Or, okay, I'm praying about the government. Okay, I'm praying about racial injustice and all the things that are going on. Okay, I'm praying about uh, um, uh, my family, my wife, my kids. I'm praying, about my, I'm praying for my pastor. And these things come up and eventually my mind kind of realizes. And, and then what's amazing is those things are usually nowhere close to my mind. Like I st- I'll start wanting to pray about like my finances. And I'll start praying in the spirit and all of a sudden I'm praying for something else. Because I don't necessarily, you know, I mean, God's like, I got your finances, you're good. I need you to pray for this. I need you to pray for this. It'll improve your prayer life because you'll be praying the perfect will of God. You'll be praying in line with what you should be praying for, what you ought to be praying for. The Bible actually says, um, when, you don't know to, when you don't know what to pray for as you ought, that the Spirit intercedes for you with groanings that you don't understand. And most interpretations, you know, uh, most uh, theologians agree that that's talking about tongues and praying in the Spirit. Number three. So number one, God wants it. Number two, it improves your prayer life. Number three, speaking in tongues or praying in tongues edifies your soul. It edifies your soul. Now, I'm being specific there in that it edifies your soul. Y'all know our little statement around here. I want you to say it with me. Say, I'm a spirit. I live in a body. I have a soul. You have a soul. What is your soul? It's your mind, your will, and your emotions. There's a verse in John that talks about how the word of God is powerful, dividing asunder soul and spirit. And and that's talking about a lot of different things. But the words there and the, the premise there is saying that the word of God is good for and divides your spirit, which is, we know is your, the real you, the real um, self is another word that the Bible uses there, yourself, the real you, yourself. Your soul being um, your perception of things, your mind, your will, your emotions, the emotional side of you, your thought processes and all those things. Okay, so when you speak, when you speak in tongues, when you pray in the spirit, you're literally building up and and edifying your soul, that part of you, your mind, your will and emotions, because that's the part of us. If you think about it, that's the part of us that gets beat up. That's the part of us that needs the correcting. That's the part of us that needs the, to be brought in line. That's the part of us that needs to be reminded because your thoughts go crazy. I must be the only one in here. Come on, somebody. I, your thoughts go all over the place. I do this thing. I'm just going to confess right now. I do this thing that, uh, that I battle with where I like, I'll create these conversations in my head before they ever happen. Does anybody else do that? And so I know I need to talk, and it happens all the time with my wife, right? And I'm like, okay, I'm going to talk to her about this, and this is how this is going to go. I'm going to go in, and I'm going to say this. And then I'm like, dream up the whole thing. It's like, okay, she's going to say that, and this is good. We're going to go back and forth, and then I'm going to come out on top. Yeah. <laughs> and so then, of course, it doesn't go that way, and then I have to, you know, regroup and, and replan and all that stuff. Um, and, and, and I'm being kind of silly, but we all do that. We have these thoughts. We have these things. We have... Our soul has these developments. Let's go the other way. You have emotions. 
that drive you if you're not careful. And so when you are working on praying in the Spirit, when you're, when you're, you're, you're saying, okay, God, you filled me with your Holy Spirit, I'm going to pray in the Spirit, you're edifying your soul. Let's, let's, let's explain this. What is edification? What does the word edify mean? The word edify means to instruct or improve someone morally or intellectually. To instruct or improve. So when you're praying in tongues, when you're praying in tongues, you are instructing and improving your soul. Let me give you some some scripture for this. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, which is again, a lot of our scriptures coming from there tonight, says this. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. A few weeks ago, I explained this a little bit, right? When you're praying in tongues, it's a personal prayer language. It's a personal prayer language. It's, it's downloaded into you. God gave it to you. You've been baptized with the Holy Spirit. You're now praying in a language you don't understand because it allows you to connect with God in a level that you can't do in the natural. When you do that, all these things we're talking about, number one, what was it? God wants it for you. Number two of our 12 reasons to speak in tongues, speaking in tongues improves your prayer life. Number three, it edifies your soul. It builds up, corrects, and instructs your mind, will, and emotions. How does it do that? Because you're praying out spiritual matter. You're praying out spiritual matter. Your spirit is literally building up your, the other part of you that is dirt. It's dirt, right? Your mind is dirt. We don't often think about it that way, but your mind is dirt. And so your mind can only be limited by this natural world. Let me give you some more thoughts here. When you speak in tongues, you are edifying your soul. That means when you speak in tongues, you are edifying your mind. You are strengthening your mental faculties and your memory. It charges your spiritual battery. It charges your spiritual battery. Just like you're going to take your phone at night. All of us do it, right? You put it by your bedside table, and what do you do? You plug it in. I just bought a fancy new charger. I'm excited. It comes in on Sunday, and it's wireless. I'm excited. Because now I can just go, and I can just set my phone on my little wireless stand, and I don't have to plug it in. All of us do it, right? You fumble for the cable. About 13 minutes, you're down there trying to find the cable. It got unplugged. You're trying to figure out why your phone isn't charging. You plug it back in. The kids are messing with it or something like that. And then you, you finally get it charging. Am I the only one? Is that just me? Okay, thank you, Brittany. I appreciate it. Because I'm like, man, I'm tired. I'm tired of this. I got a wireless phone, or a phone that's capable of wireless charging. I'm going to get the little pad and I'm going to set it beside my bed. Just like my phone is getting charged at night, praying in tongues charges your spiritual battery. It charges you up. It, it fills you up. It builds you up on those days where you're down and you're downtrodden and you don't know what to do and you don't know how you're going to get through. Get yourself a little corner. Go over there and just start and just start praying in the Holy Ghost, building yourself up, correcting all those thoughts, fixing all those emotions, and you'll come out of that little closet five, ten minutes later and feel like a new man or a new woman. I'm telling you, because your mind will fall in line with your spirit. And if, you do, and if 10 minutes later you feel the same way you did, go back in there again. I see people all the time get all those smoke breaks. There's a lady that works around here. 
I don't want to call, I, you know, hopefully, I'm, I'm believing one day, I've invited her, one day she's going to show up. I don't know how she gets anything done. Every time I come out, she's smoking. I'm serious, and I'm not trying to be mean or anything, but I'm like, woman, you know, she, she claims to be a Christian. I'm like, well, you're going to go see Jesus early this way, baby. You better, you better calm down with this smoking. You out here, how do they pay her? I mean, it's like they just pay her to smoke all day. If, you, if that person can get smoke breaks, you can get a Holy Ghost break. Go take a break. Say, I need a minute, boss. I'll be right back. I got to go calm down. And you go in the bathroom and just pray in the Holy Ghost. If somebody in there thinks you're worried about what they think, they're going to think you're highly educated. Tell them I'm just, I'm just practicing on my other languages that I know. What language is that? Don't worry about it. I'm worried. It's something for, it's similar to Arabic. It'll, it'll correct things. It'll fix things. It'll help you fix and correct your, your, your mental capacity is limited. And God gave us this ability to connect with him and improve our prayer life, but also to build, Jude 1.20 says, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Pray in the Spirit and it'll build up your soul. I'm gonna give you some more scripture. 1 Corinthians 14.5. Paul says, I wish you all spoke in tongues. But even more that you prophesied, for he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues. Unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. Now some people will take this scripture and they'll say, oh, well see, God doesn't want you to speak in tongues. He just wants you to prophesy. But that's not actually what it says. It says, I wish you all spoke in tongues. He just wishes more that you would prophesy. Why? Because his entire chapter here, let's give you the context, he's talking to a very zealous Corinthian church who got fired up about the Holy Ghost and they were just going Holy Ghost crazy. They had no order, no, 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 their services and everything. I mean, there was no order to it. He was correcting all that. So he wasn't trying to tell them not to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. He wasn't telling them not to speak in other tongues. He was telling them that if you're going to do it in a church service, that you can't just be speaking in tongues the whole service. Because he goes on to explain, if someone who's unsaved comes in, they're not going to understand. It would be better for that person that you prophesied and that you gave words and that you preached because then they would understand and get saved. Remember what we just discussed, that when you pray in tongues, it edifies you. You're being edified. It's for you. When it's interpreted or when you prophesy, it's for the church. It's going to instruct. What does edification mean? Remember, it instructs or improves. That's how I know when someone prophesies and it's all negative, doom and gloom. I know they're not really prophetic. If you ever have somebody prophesy over you and it's all, you know, thus saith the Lord, you're going to be in a car accident tomorrow and you're going to die and you got tumors all over. That's not. Nope. Thank you very much, sir. God bless you. Go pray for him. Amen. Or her. I told you about that time we had that prophetess come in, in Family Worship Center, Florence. She's trying to prophesy over everyone, not a spiritual thing about her. She just had, I don't know what she had flowing in her, but it wasn't Jesus. Amen. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to know what kind of spirit it was. So what does this mean? God does desire that each of us speak in tongues. However, in the church setting, we should prophesy or have interpretation, which is a form of prophecy. Okay, even though Paul said we should desire prophecy more, it still says that we should speak in tongues. You know, the Bible, just to elaborate real quick before I move on to point four, the Bible is God-breathed. 
It's, it's breathed scripture. So this is like God saying, through Paul, I wish that you spoke in tongues. He actually said, I wish that all of you, I wish that all of you. Again, this also clarifies that all of them were believers and some of them had not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit because it's a subsequent experience. They were all believers. They were all saved, all going to heaven. They'd all received Jesus. But he's telling them, I wish that you did and that you prophesied as well. All right, number four of reasons why we should speak in tongues, why we should pray in tongues, why we should pray in our heavenly prayer language. Number four, you give thanks better or you give thanks well when you speak in tongues. First Corinthians 14, 17 says, for you indeed give thanks well. Now in that scripture, he's talking about, um, he's actually clarifying that Again, he was, that's, that's the part of, of chapter 14 where he's talking about people who came in and, and they were, it sounded like they were talking to people and they were trying to teach in tongues. <laughs> he was trying to explain to the Corinthians, um, that's not going to work. But he's telling them, you're giving thanks correctly. You're doing, you're doing good by giving thanks. It's a good way to give thanks to God. But if you're doing it in the church service, that's not the best setting for that. So if you read the whole verse there, you'll see all of that. But the first part of verse 17 says, you give thanks well. Let's read verses 15 and 16. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will also pray with my understanding. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will also sing with the understanding. Paul's saying here that you should speak in tongues, in your, and then you should also pray in your, heaven, or excuse me, in your normal language, in English. You should sing in English. Brother Andre... Do you sing in English? Do you sing in, do you sing in Spanish? Absolutely. I didn't know if you spoke Spanish or not. And I just figured I'd throw that out there. But you, speak, you sing in English. But in your own time at home or in your own, and you've done it sometime even up here on the stage, right? There's moments where you're just flowing in the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost is flowing in you. And a song comes out of your spirit in tongues. And it's a form of worship. It's a form of praise. It's a form of thanksgiving. He says in here, I, I will sing in the spirit and I'll sing in my understanding. Psalms 149 says, let the high praises of God be in our mouths and a two-edged sword in their hand. Let the high praises of God be in our mouth. There should be praise in our mouth. It should be in our mouth. One of the ways that we can praise God and again, be in tune with him is by praying in the Holy Spirit by speaking in tongues. Number five, because I got to wrap this up here. Number five, speaking in tongues is a supernatural rest and refreshing. It's rest and refreshing. So just like uh, um, number two, where I was talking about it edifying your soul, or excuse me, number three, where I said that it edifies your soul. Number five, it brings rest and refreshing. Rest and refreshing. 1 Corinthians 14 again. Now we're in verse 21. This is a very, very interesting scripture. He says here, In the law it is written, With men of other tongues and other lips I will speak to this people, and yet for all that they will not hear me, says the Lord. What is Paul doing here? He's actually quoting Isaiah. He's quoting Isaiah. Now, if you read back in Isaiah chapter 28, you'll see where he got this scripture from. In Isaiah 28, verses 11 and 12, it says this. For with stammering lips and another tongue, he will speak to this people, to whom he said, this is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest. 
Let me say that again. This is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest. This, excuse me, this is the refreshing. Yet they would not hear. Okay, now that's a little bit of a weird way that it was written because it was quoting Isaiah the prophet. Isaiah was prophesying about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. Read all of it. Read Isaiah 28. He's prophesying about it. As a matter of fact, I think in the next point, yeah, in the next point we'll read more of Isaiah 28. He's prophesying about tongues. He's saying that it's rest and refreshing. Paul was quoting Isaiah in 1 Corinthians 14 where he's talking and teaching and explaining how to use tongues. Think about this. Isaiah himself, thousands of years before, or whatever it was, hundreds of years before, prophesied about Jesus giving us the Holy Spirit, people being filled with the Holy Spirit, and that it would bring rest and refreshing. This is the rest which may cause the weary to rest. This is the refreshing. This is the refreshing. If you are, if you have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I will tell you, and you'll know, I won't have to tell you because you'll know that it's refreshing. Why? Because your spirit is praying, your mind is unfruitful, and you're, go, you're, you're spending time in God's presence. You've got that hotline to heaven that we talked about in, 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 in point number two, that hotline to heaven that's connected you directly to God, and it's refreshing. When you need refreshing, I encourage you, just go pray in the spirit. Just spend time praying in the spirit. Jesus is our Sabbath. You know, he gave us a day of rest. But he is our Sabbath. We should rest in him. And there's no better way to rest than praying in tongues. Praying in tongues will help alleviate frustration, anxiety, turmoil, depression, confusion, challenges, mental overload. If you've ever felt anxious, go pray in the Spirit. If you've ever felt overloaded, go pray in the Spirit. If you've ever felt like you can't make it, Go pray in the Holy Spirit. If you've ever felt like you're not good enough, go pray in the Holy Spirit. That's a lie from hell anyways. Go get that out of your, because see, that gets in your mind, and you go in and you pray in the Spirit, and in your spirit, your spirit gets built up, and your spirit starts saying, no, see, you're good enough. God loves you, and he's for you. And, and, he be, and then your spirit will begin to remind you, oh, we'll see, God helped you. Remember, he helped you the other day, and you remind, oh, that's right. And you, then you can jump over in English and say, God, I thank you for helping me the other day. And I thank you for helping me with such and such. And then you can jump back and pray more in the Spirit. And as you're praying in the Spirit, God will reveal and remind you of more Scripture. That's right. Your word says that, beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. God, I thank you. So see, see, that's how it works. How does that refreshing and that rest come? By your Spirit connecting to God, praying in the Holy Spirit. Spend quality time soaking in God's presence through praying in tongues and you will no doubt find yourself refreshed and supernaturally rested. I'm going to read this real quick before we jump to number, I know I'm out of time, before we jump to number eight. John chapter seven, verses 37 to 39. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, Jesus stood up and cried out, if any one of you thirst, let him come to me and drink. Why did Jesus say that? Because he's the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. See, he's the one, check this out, he is the one that sent the Holy Spirit. He's the one that baptizes with the Holy Spirit. We get baptized in the name of Jesus in water. 
We do that as a sign of our decision and and a whole lot more than that, but simply put as a sign and a proclamation of our decision to serve Jesus. We go down in the water, we come up. He's the one that baptizes us with the Holy Spirit. He says, come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart, out of his self, out of his inner being, another, another translation says, out of his belly, will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, capital S, the Holy Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Now, that's a lot in one or a few few verses. Jesus said, come to me and drink. Why did he say come to me? Because I'm the one who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. If you want to get filled with the Holy Spirit, or you're listening to this broadcast, or you're listening to this podcast later, and you're you're saying, okay, I want this. I want to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. All you got to do is ask Jesus. Every time that I've ever taught on it, explained it, and told people, all, all I tell them is ask Jesus to fill you with the Holy Spirit, and he'll do it. As a matter of fact, another translation, or excuse me, another verse says that Jesus, he was explaining, he said, he said, if you being earthly men know how to give good gifts, how much more will my Father in heaven give you the gift of the Holy Spirit? Just ask God for the Holy Spirit. Ask God for the, to fill you with the Holy Spirit. He says here, rivers of living water, refreshing water. Why did he talk about water flowing out of you? Because it's refreshing. It's a place where, where animals and, 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 of course, in their time, that's what they would do. They would go to rivers of living water, rivers of flowing water, and they would re- get refreshed. They would get cleansed. They would get everything they needed. They didn't have running water like we do today. They would go and they would find these fresh springs. And he was saying that just like you go and you find that in the woods, you'll have that flowing out of your life, right out of your belly. And if you're baptized with the Holy Spirit today or reading this or listening to this later, then you have that inside of you. Be refreshed. Don't be defeated. Don't be discouraged. Don't be downed. Don't be, don't be upset. Don't be depressed, anxious, and frustrated. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Number six, as I wrap up, it makes God's word come more alive. So it makes God's word come more alive. I don't have time to read all of Isaiah 28. I'm out of time. But what it starts saying in verse 9 of Isaiah 28, he says, Whom will he teach knowledge? And whom will he make to understand the message? And he goes on to explain all kinds of things. And coming down into verse 13, But the word of the Lord was to them, precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little, that they might go and fall backward and be broken and snared and caught. Verse 12 was, of course, where he talks about the rest and refreshing. In verse 10, he talks about the precepts. What is he saying? That the word of God comes line upon line, line upon line, that the Holy Spirit that was going to be given, that he was prophesying about, was going to be the one that helped us understand. He starts by saying, how will they understand? By the Holy Spirit. I just can tell you from personal experience, I remember the Bible being kind of confusing growing up. It just seemed over time. I would read, and the stories were cool, like the Old Testament stories. But once you started, like, just talk, like, just, hey, go read the Bible. Go read Acts. And I was like, no. 
I, 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 I mean, I don't, I don't want to. I don't get anything out of it. It doesn't make any sense. Once I got baptized with the Holy Spirit, it was different. Number one, something inside of me wanted to read it because my spirit now knew that faith comes by hearing the word of God. And my spirit knew that that's how I'm gonna be in communion with God. And my spirit knew that, hey, you're gonna, you're gonna grow by reading the word of God. What does the word of God do? It builds your faith. It also instructs you, gives you instruction. and gives you clarification on things. All of this that the word does we know can be illuminated by the Holy Spirit. He brings light. Let me give you another scripture, a New Testament scripture to go along with this. John 14, 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, this is Jesus talking, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I've said to you. The Holy Spirit will help remind you of things. Like I was saying, when you're praying in the Holy Spirit, there'll be scriptures that just come up in my spirit. Just come up, just come up. And God, I mean, whatever it is that I'm struggling with, whatever, whatever it is that I need help with, it'll just come up in my spirit. Come up in my spirit. Why? Because the word is what's gonna help me get through. It's gonna, what, what, it's gonna be what helps me get through the situation. So I'm getting refreshed. I'm getting rest. I'm getting encouragement. But also, as I go and, I, and just spend time, maybe I'm not even praying in the, in the spirit, but I just spend time studying his word the Holy Spirit will help illuminate that, help light things up. The word will come alive. If I were to just have any subpoints to this, the word will come alive when you're baptized with the Holy Spirit. We get to know God through his word, and the more insight and revelation we receive, the greater intimacy we can have with God. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. The spirit of truth is connected to our spirit. Therefore, he will lead us and guide us into all truth. That's what God's word says. So I want to wrap up. I want to just tell you the last, the points one more time. God desires it for you. First six reasons why we should speak in tongues. God desires it for you. Number two, speaking in tongues improves your prayer life. Number three, speaking in tongues edifies your soul. Number four, you give thanks better or you give thanks well when you pray in tongues. Speaking in tongues is a supernatural rest and refreshing. Number six, it makes God's word come more alive. I encourage you, spend time. I know I, I, I spent more time preaching tonight or teaching tonight, but take time this week. If you're not baptized with the Holy Ghost, I'll pray with you after service and we'll ask God to fill you. If you are, spend time praying in the Holy Ghost. Spend time praying in the Spirit. Spend time. Spend time pursuing. When you need rest and refreshing, pray in the Spirit. When you need help, when you need your soul to be corrected, when your emotions are out of whack, pray in the Spirit. When you really want your prayer life to go to the next level and you don't know what to pray, pray in the Spirit. If you got anything out of this tonight, say amen.